0: You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, David G., and Troy Coverdale.
1: Well, if you missed Travion being scolded by Mitch Holtis about his music choices in the first hour. <laughs> Check out the podcast, NewsRadioKMAN.com. You can also search for The Game KMAN on wherever you listen to your
0: podcast. See, see, it's not just us. I mean, it's even the guests having fun. I didn't even hear him say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Angry. Con- concentrating so hard.
1: He was like Travion, that Gen Z goofball. <laughs> his music choices we need to get this more pumped up that's not a 48 nothing type of music yeah he was more like get it fired up let's go get
0: fired up let get crazy then right. again mitch did make the proposal for wildcat march which is a controversial one among fans i know
1: well it is the game after work Finally, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion, Berkeley. Make sure to set uh, – and uh, Robert Lipson was very uh, – as we recorded uh, Robert's World earlier today for Power K. Game Day on Saturday, reminded me to set my clock back an mm-hmm. hour on mm-hmm. Sunday. We're going to get an extra hour of sleep, and I always love a good 25-hour day. Yes. Here in just a moment, we're going to hear how from do, – How does that affect Aggieville, by the way? Oh, it stays open
0: an extra hour. one hour, baby. Yeah. We beat Texas at home – I'm just saying.
1: I'll be honest with you. I went out with Lindsay and some of her sorority friends after the game. And I I all, all, uh, also forgot that it was also Halloween weekend. Yes. I didn't consider that until, like, it was late. I was like, Jesus, these bars are packed. I mean, there was lines for everywhere. I was kind of over it, to be honest with you. But I forgot the weekend. It was Halloween. Oh, yeah, of course. And I saw, some, of course, all the costumes. Uh, so... uh but, yes, if you're right, Troy. If it does go down the way we hope it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be insane. So, before we get to Anwar Richardson from OrangeBloods.com, we're going to talk some Texas football here in just a second. But um, So, this uh, news coming out in the first hour, just haven't been able to get to it yet. Pete Thamel from ESPN has reported, according to his sources, Gonzaga is in talks of joining the Big 12 in basketball. Um, I'm still digesting this. Right. Um I mean, to me, this kind of seems like a pretty awesome deal to add Gonzaga to basketball because that it's not the full piece. I think you're looking for if you're Brett Yormark. Obviously, you would want that if you really want to be coast to coast. You're still looking for that, you know, that fourth time slot football team that could help fill you. Gonzaga obviously does not play football, so they'd just be a basketball only addition. But I mean, imagine the Big 12 to me is already top dog. In college basketball, they've won the last two national championships. Um, adding Gonzaga, I mean, getting that Gonzaga-BYU game, Gonzaga-Kansas, Gonzaga-Baylor, Gonzaga-K-State. Now, those over in Orlando, Florida, UCF, I'm sure, you know, they wouldn't be too jazzed about flying to Spokane Oof. once in a while. That, that'd that be some brutal travel. That would be really would
2: UCF not known for their basketball hoops. You know, so they'd be like, "Oh no, not those guys." Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I love the idea, though. That I think that is amazing. Oh, I mean, I, the Big Twelve would
1: become an absolute powerhouse. Oh God, at that point, it would be the powerhouse conference in college basketball. Like. For sure, like in stone, it's done. Wow. Uh, but Gonzaga fans, you're probably not going to be number one in the country for like 12 <laughs> consecutive weeks or whatever. No, no, but strength
0: of schedule goes through the roof. Oh,
1: sure does. Yeah. And more tournament money bing, bing. for the Big 12 bing. as well. You know, I mean, there's a lot of positives. Haven't really tracked down all the negatives yet, but I'm sure there might be a few. I, you know, but it's Brett Yormark. If he feels like this is a guy, I trust him. I got to stick with my guy here. Stick and if with he thinks this is a great, a great way to go which it seems like it does um for sure let's go but uh that's it's not official yet just talks talks happening brett yarmark talking with gonzaga ad about and his name's chris uh standiford mm-hmm. come on chris they were having a good chat at the hyatt in frisco texas uh
0: for yeah dallas area folks um Probably surrounding the fact that it was Big Twelve soccer weekend. Last yeah, weekend? I, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, had a reason to be down yeah. there. Yeah, I hear you.
1: All right, let's talk uh, Texas footballs. We're now joined by Anwar Richardson of OrangeBloods dot com. On a couple weeks ago, K-State took their bye week right in the middle of the season. It felt like perfect timing. You come off that close win against Iowa State, heal up some bodies, and get ready for that game against TCU. They lose that game, but they're more healthier against Oklahoma State, and uh, they get that victory. Texas is coming off a bye week, and they're coming off a disappointing loss to Oklahoma State. Everything considered, what is the timing? Is it great timing for Texas to have the bye week coming into the K-State game?
3: I wouldn't call it great, necessarily, timing, uh, to say the least, because... You know, there's been kind of a central theme that Texas has kind of been struggling with uh, the past two years under Steve Sarkisian, and and what that what it really is 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 the road issues. You know, this team under Steve Sarkisian is one and six on the road. Uh, the one victory that they had was last season uh, versus TCU, which would end up being a close game. It's a game that the former quarterback Casey Thompson uh, hurt his uh, throwing hand, uh, but it hurt his thumb during that game. So uh, outside of that. I mean, Texas is just does not travel well. The, the, this team doesn't play well uh, on the road. I think in their last two games, if you go with uh, you know the last two losses on the road, but it's Oklahoma State, and you combine that with Texas Tech, uh, this team has given up over a thousand yards of offense. You know, which you know, which is crazy when it's unfathomable when you really think about it. And so when they're at home, yeah, they play well. They they do they do a lot of great things, but when they travel. Uh, it's something totally different. So that's when you asked me about well, the bye we come at a, at a great time uh, for a team that has road woes. I'm not quite sure it comes at a great time. Now you could say to yourself it gives this team some time to sit back and and relax and maybe kind of you know recon you know compose themselves and and kind of get themselves mentally right. But then they, what happens? They go out and they watch the game on Saturday and they watch K State totally dominate you know in that victory. And they dominate an opponent that just beat them, you know? And so all of a sudden, you know, so it helps as far as getting the attention of the team and the players. Like, that's one of the things Sarkeesian talked about this week, is like, when you watch a game like that, it, it helps. And he goes, you know, he, he, goes, he said you'd much rather have it be that way, like the team that you're going to play is the one that dominated than being the one that was dominated. Because all of a sudden, it's it's easier to get the team focused and, and, and get them on the mental mind frame um, but, you know, this game is going to be at night. Uh, it's going to be a prime time game. So, I, you know, that's that going to be working against, uh, you know, Texas going into this uh, contest. Uh, there's some things that they really need to fix from a defensive standpoint, offensive uh, play calling. Like, there's a lot of little things. So, you know, I don't know if it comes at a phase in K-State, at K-State, at night, coming off of, you know, a dominating victory. I'm not quite sure you could ever say that's the recipe for success. Yeah, to me, that's the recipe for holding on.
1: Oh, well, don't forget, Anwar, it's also Harley Day at Bill Snyder Family Ooh. Stadium. It's, they pick out the game that we need the most hype for, and uh, they have mm-hmm. the Harley circle the field before the game. How healthy is Texas right now?
3: Uh, I was still thinking about that Harley. Okay. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, from a, from a health standpoint, uh, you know, they, they've got one of the defensive backs, Anthony Cook, you know he had, he suffered a, a broken uh, form, uh in the in the in a previous game. It's more than likely he's you know he may not play in a game like this unless unless he's you know has a cast on. But I would seriously doubt you know that that's going to happen. I think that you know one other big kind of key component is Quinn Ewers. He did something where he got his fingernail kind of caught some sort of door or something like it's some crazy story. And so right that was right in the week of the Oklahoma State game and he ended up missing, you know, a portion amongst not all of his fingernail, uh going into that game. It was on a snowing can. Uh You know, no one wanted to use that as an excuse after the game. But it was, I think it's pretty pretty obvious uh, when you see how he struggled, you know, during that game. I think it was 19 to 49, if I'm correct. I had a, a couple of uh, interceptions, especially in the key moments. So, you know, they say he's better. And so I think, you know, if he's better, then, of course, you know, that helps this team, you know, going forward. But, you know, his health, I think is going to be kind of the biggest uh, component, the biggest key and then really where he is, even when we get past the the health of him, it's going to be a question of where is he at from a mental standpoint? You know, you guys have heard a lot about Quinn. It was a lot of hype, you know, going into this season about what Quinn Newers is going to look like. You know, he played so well in that Alabama game before he got injured and, I think it was easy to say, you know, at that point, like, hey, man, if this, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, maybe Texas beats Alabama at that time. Maybe they're able to knock, you know, knock them off, and you're able to kind of hold on to that thing. He comes back, he plays very well uh, in a win against Oklahoma, forty nine to zero, in a very dominating performance. And you say to yourself, man, this guy's got going on, you know, to play against Iowa State eventually, and you know, you feel to yourself, like, okay, wasn't as as great of a performance, but still pretty solid turn the ball over. And then what happened against Oklahoma State happened. And at that point, you got to say, oh, wow, okay, he he is young. Oh, By the way, he is a redshirt freshman. Like, oh, boy, by the way, Mama said there's going to be days like this. Uh, and again, it goes back to the whole, hey, what does this team look like when they go on the road versus what they look like at home? So, um, but I think going to, you know, that's going to be a thing for me. You know, is, is seeing how does Quinn Ewers react? Uh, how does the team react around him? Uh, you know, and you know what does Steve Sarkeesian do? You know, do, does he try to? You know, again in that game against Oklahoma State, he threw the ball 49 times. You know, for a kid that was clearly off and just didn't have it that day, does he rely upon the, the, the run game? Does he just say to himself, "Okay, we have got Bijan Robinson," uh, you know, who's one of the better running backs in the nation? I'm sure state fans feel. Very strongly about Deuce Vaughn, and uh, and rightfully so because I mean when you look at their stats, I mean they're so close um, as far as the statistical thing. I mean the biggest difference is Bijan is wins and touchdowns, uh, but from uh, you know stat point, I think they're only about maybe 14, 15 yards apart uh, rushing. That's just off the top of my head, uh, but you know if you run Bijan Robinson, you've got Roshan Johnson behind him, and you've got some guys that can help you. Uh, and, and take some pressure off of Quinn again, which you're going to need on the road. You know they've got a good offensive line, uh, but back to you know your injury things. I think you know, the Quinn thing and, and what he does, not only from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint, um, those things are very important.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the running backs, and also I, I want to throw in the, the wide receivers as well with Xavier Worthy in, in the depth there as well. Well, I actually want to hear from you how how deep you think the wide receivers are right now.
3: Interesting when you ask me about the wide receivers. Xavier Worthy, you know, is a guy that you thought to yourself, okay, he was gonna be kind of a standout, you know, and have a stand you know, kind of have a breakout season. Uh, and it's he has it, but it's not necessarily because the payments just being good because they just haven't had consistent quarterback play. So he's the guy that you look at and you say, Look, if the quarterback is playing well, because in that Oklahoma State game, Xavier Worthy was targeted sixteen times. So he would only had four receptions. Right. So you've got to be able to have a quarterback that can get him the ball. You know, but prior to that, you know, there's all Hudson card um, and, you know, Hudson card struggles. So, you know, if if of can get into a rhythm, Xavier Worthy becomes a guy that, you know, you got to watch out for. You know, of course, you know, there's a Jordan Williamson who's been there for a while. And he's he's a very solid, you know, very good receiver. You know, the guy to really watch out for the prime officers, the tight end by the name of Jatavian Sanders. Uh, he's had some big games for them, but you know they use him kind of almost like a receiver at times. But he can block. Uh, he's a former five star out of out of the state of Texas. You know he's really really good, really really solid. Just got a lot of good key components there. Uh, so uh, you know those are kind of the main receiving threats. And then look, even Dezon Robinson, they use him you know out of the backfield a lot as well. And so you know they've got they've got guys. You know they've got guys who can go. They've got guys who uh, can do it. And, and but you know again, can they get the quarterback in order to just settle down and get in the ball? Get those guys the ball. That's going to be kind of the key component uh, for Saturday's contest.
1: Speaking with Anwar Richardson, he covers UT football for OrangeBloods.com. Okay, so the other side of the football. We know from last year that the defense had its struggles, uh, allowing 31 points a game. That's now down to 21, 300 rushing yards a game. That's down to, what, 121 per game, 3.3 rushes per uh, rushing yards per carry. And we know that Sark beefed up that staff a little bit with adding Gary Patterson as an assistant, a special assistant for the defense. But when it comes to the players on the field, who have been the biggest difference makers this season for Texas?
3: Yeah, well, here's the other thing. Just as far as you know, I'll get to that question in a second, with everything that you've talked about, uh, don't forget from an opponent third down conversion standpoint, Texas ranks seventh in the Big 12. Okay, so you know there's also that portion of it as far as getting off the field on third down, that has been slightly problematic uh, for the team. Uh, but you know when you talk about the, the defense, the it's led by DeMarvion Marvion you know, the middle linebacker who's you have done a phenomenal job for them. Jalen Ford uh, is another linebacker, uh, you know, who's done pretty well. If I'm looking right now, at one point, yeah, he still is. Uh, he still leads the the, the conference in tackles. Uh, he has 72 tackles heading in, into this game. Uh, Demarvion Overstone has 58. He's ranked number eight uh, in the Big 12. And those are kind of the two guys that it it kind of starts and, and ends with. They uh, you know, you also have as A. Barron as as a defensive back. Uh, You know, and then from a defensive line perspective, uh, you know, they've got some guys who are there, who flash at times, who look good at times. Uh, You know, what you probably want a little bit more of is guys that you can consistently get to the ball and take the quarterback down from a sack, uh, you know, standpoint. Uh, But, you know, Baron Sorrell is a sophomore edge guy, and he, he leads the team, you know, with three sacks, Amoro and Jomo. Uh, is in the middle, you know, one of these defensive, you know, defensive uh, tackles, you know, he's got, you know, 2.5 sacks and he's been solid as well. And so has DeAndre Coburn, um, you know, but again, it's it's a group that, you know, they, they do they do a decent job of getting to the quarterback. You know, the problem that they face as far as this, and as far as the defense really faces is they do a lot of zone coverage. You know, they play off the ball. Um and, you know, so, you know, when guys, when teams are running crossing routes and different patterns, you know, their effort to keep the guys in front of them, uh, they, there's, they they give up a lot of the middle of the field, uh, which has kind of been problematic. Uh, you know, there, and there is a a person who uh, works in our market that I like a lot. Let me see if I can find this, this staff for you real quick. This guy by the name of Rod Babers, he, he has a, a radio show uh, here. Uh, he's also a former player, also a former defensive back for the University of Texas. He said something that was really, really interesting. He put out the stat here. Uh, if you guys want to look it up, he's, he's Rod Babers, uh, B-A-B-E-R, on Twitter. He said in, in Texas' last two games, opposing quarterbacks have completed 77% of their passes wow. with targeting glance route, glance, or post route. Uh, and then 60, 60, 66% of those targets were converted for a first down or a TD. And forty-four percent of those attempts gained at least fifteen yards, compared to a sixteen percent force incompletion rate. In other words, the middle of the field seems to be wide open uh, in layman's terms when it comes to Texas and what they're trying to do and what they get accomplished. So, you know, that's something just to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, you know, if if they are able, if K State is able from a passing perspective to attack that middle of the field, uh, that ends up being something that ends up being you know so so far has been kind of a weakness uh, for
1: Texas this season. Well, Anwar, you bring up a stat that i it's music to K-State fans' ears, I'm sure, because of how well Will Howard has been able to throw the football the last couple of mm-hmm. games. But, of course, that does depend. Does he play or is AJ Martinez good to go? Uh, Anwar, mm-hmm, i got mm-hmm. a couple more questions for you. Sure. I saw today that Texas announced that Third Eye Blind is going to headline... <laughs> <laughs> Longhorn City limits prior to the yes. TCU game. So, are you going to try to sneak over before the game and check out the show?
3: Absolutely. So, you know, Longhorn City limits. Is, you know, obviously, you know, you know, Texas is you know known for the music and music festivals. And ACL, uh, obviously, it's a huge festival that happens here every year. Um, and so, they have L- L- you know Longhorn City limits where they bring in artists and entertainers. I think a few weeks ago, I think they may have had Nelly uh, performing. And they, I think not that last year they had uh, ludicrous, but yes, now they announced this today. And so, yeah, that's another one, you know, since it's a six o'clock game, you sneak over. Uh, you don't really get to partake in the alcohol like everyone else does, but you get to least sneak over and kind of listen and, and check out a free concert uh, before, you know, the game gets started. I will definitely be there.
1: Oh, I love I love that they do that. And third eye blind is a bit out of left field for one. Just maybe the demographic they're trying to approach with a free concert. I'm sure they'll get people of all ages. But also still kind of a one hit wonder, aren't they?
3: But- <laughs> hey, listen, it's not like you're bringing in Vanilla Ice, you know? Well, so, true. Uh, you know, if you if you're bringing in Ice Ice Baby, then for sure you're literally you're literally only doing it for one hit, and that's 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 problematic.
1: Well, Anwar, you're gonna be uh, making the trip up to Manhattan.
3: Oh, as always baby, i' i you know it's uh you know I usually stay in Kansas City because it's hard to get a hotel room mm-hmm. uh in Manhattan, as you may or may not know I know so, for sure uh yeah, so dri- driving in and then you know the day of and it always was a, a fun stadium a, a electric stadium that's there I've been coming to see it since 2014 and uh that's always a, a really fun trip really nice people by the way you know the the people and fans in manhattan are really good ones and uh you know I expected a, a really exciting uh, atmosphere, really fun college football atmosphere on Saturday night. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Such a pivotal game in the Big 12 standings. Both teams with four games left, and K-State trying to hold on to that second place in the Big 12 standings. Harley Day, nighttime. K-State fans <laughs> are happy that Tim Brando's not on the call, so you could add that as well. Onward. <laughs> safe travels up to Manhattan, yep. and really appreciate your time.
3: Yeah, no problem. This last thing I'll just add in, you know, Mm -hmm. for Texas, you know, this is an elimination game for them. This is, you know, Texas, they cannot afford a loss against Kansas State. They lose against Kansas State. championship are over. It's done. Uh, At that point, they're all eligible to get to something good. So just understand that from a Texas perspective, they may throw everything they they can at K-State because they know, you know, they already lost to Oklahoma State. They can't afford another loss compete with and try to get to the Big 12 and try the championship and get to Arlington. So uh, expect Texas to throw everything, including kitchen sink, at K-State, and I will see you on Saturday.
1: That's Anwar Richardson from OrangeBloods.com and his breakdown of the Texas Longhorns. Texas visiting the Cats on Saturday, 6 o'clock for the kick. Powercat game day is at 2 in the afternoon with Cole Menbeck, Derek Young, and myself. And yes, pivotal game for sure K-State with a win will stay at least in second place alone in the Big 12 standings. Texas, Anwar's right. If they lose, they're probably now out of the conversation for a Big 12 championship spot. More of the game when we come back on KMAN. Maybe on this is better. This is better. Now, this song actually reminds me of the first Jackass movie. Because it's, it's in the movie.
0: <laughs> Seriously, they went old school, run DMC in the in the yeah. original.
1: Yeah, it's in there.
0: Okay, I'll give them some credit.
1: Boy, that's, uh, that is sad. 537-1350 is our number. This is probably your only chance to call into the show today if you want to get in a couple of cents about... KC Hoops, State Football, the Cats on the basketball court last night, winning 76-49 over the Washburn Ichabods. Cam Carter, the transfer from Mississippi State, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and also 3 turnovers. But also 11 points from Naquan Tomlin. I was pretty happy with the performance. Again, free throws, around 50%, not good enough, of course. (laughs) 3-point shooting was 5 for 23. I think that'll definitely come around. Coach told us at the end of the game... In the press conference, he says like at practice, six guys are shooting over thirty six percent, and like four guys are over forty percent at practice shooting the three. Yeah, I think that's going to come around. I wonder if there was just a few jitters when you're on that free throw line and you got six thousand plus, six thousand eight hundred to be exact, watching you shoot your first free throws as a cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought the I thought we were going to have a bad crowd. Like ten minutes before tip off, I was like, this is not good. Like, there's barely anybody here. And it's like everybody just flooded down the stairs, like, with five minutes before tip-off.
0: I really felt that way even about the women's game the night before. They didn't flood down the stairs, but it was a definite better crowd than what it initially looked like it was going to be.
1: Boy, was I a big fan of Jarrell Colbert. Holy crap. He only plays eight minutes. Eight minutes, 43 seconds, but... He comes off the bench and is just swatting everything. He scores five points. He gets a couple of dunks. He's a strong player. I mean, really, there wasn't – I didn't really have an issue with a whole lot of people. I do think Ish Masoud, Um, you know, depending week in and week out, he earned the spot this week, but maybe next week I could see his job in jeopardy when it comes to a starting four. Um, but Abayami Igiola, I liked his athleticism, especially on defense. Keontae Johnson was very balanced. Desi Sills – despite showing up with practice already beginning, and that's because he had to finish things up at Arkansas State. He had to finish a few things, and then he comes here late. He misses all the summer, but then he's just slinging around with some fantastic assists. He had seven in the game, one point, but, man, was he dishing the basketball. I was also pretty happy with uh, Marquise Noel for first game out exhibition. Um, Yeah. I was more impressed than disappointed with anything for sure, especially with uh, getting to the hoop and scoring, outscoring Washburn in the paint, forty-six to twelve. But you know, of course, K-State, you got to think of the opponent, like D.Y. said, it was Washburn. K-State certainly had the upper hand, but man, they could have easily—I think they could have easily scored hundred points last night if they just hit a few more threes and take care of the free throw shooting. I mean, they could definitely been knocking on the door of a hundred points last night. And then you have the news about the Kansas Jayhawks that come out today. And I feel like we're wasting our time um, slapping themselves on the wrist because, of course, they don't want a harsher penalty from the NCAA as the IAFB or whatever it's called, uh, the firm that is right now investigating the f- the five level one violations And I mean, they're wrapping up that that whole thing, or they're wrapping up the whole organization, whatever it's called, next year. So this is one of the last cases they're dealing with. But it was announced by Kansas today that Bill Self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend suspended for the first four games of the season. And the games they're going to miss is Omaha, North Dakota State, Duke, which is in Indianapolis. That's the State Farm Champions Classic. And then another home game against Southern Utah.
0: Really? Southern Utah? Okay. Yes, uh, they're on the schedule. I, I I know. I'm just commenting as a former member of the Big Sky. Uh, Louisville's infractions ruling from the IARP to be announced tomorrow. IARP, thank you. Tomorrow, penalties, parentheses, this is Pat Forty's tweet, or lack thereof, not known at this time. Mm. Ruling could affect former coach Rick Pitino at Iona as well. <laughs> so, yeah, they're working on knocking all of this out before the end of the year.
1: Now there's there's more to this of what have been self-imposed by the Kansas Jayhawks. So neither coach attend off-campus recruiting activities uh, back in – that was from April through July. They took themselves off the road. Three scholarships will be cut and distributed over the next three years. So, I mean, you're just basically taking out away one scholarship per year. You'll still have 12 to use. Official recruits uh, – recruitment visits – for next year, reduced by four. Um, a six-week ban on recruiting communications, six-week ban on unofficial visits, and a 13-day reduction in recruiting days this year. Maybe that would hurt a lesser team that doesn't have a reputation like Kansas. To me, this is this is not that bad. Really not no, that bad. No, I. It, I feel like Kansas thinks like they can play by their own rules. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Um, but I, every 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 little detail we get back about this investigation, self-imposed whatever, I keep thinking about what Oklahoma State went through. They they had one level one violation, and it came from I mean, and yes, Lamont Evans goes to jail, but it was. It was a payment of $300 to one player, and that was really it. And they got a postseason ban. They were a three-year probation. Um, Kansas is trying to avoid that postseason ban for sure and a long probational period.
0: KU avoids a – KU, if they get a postseason ban, that's going to really hurt what they want to do with the football stadium, let's be perfectly honest. There goes a good chunk of money. Out of the athletic department's well, pocket they're still that,
1: trying to get money. Oh, I that. know, I know,
0: I know. They're not ready for it. Yeah, um, and the the point being is that you knock out another segment out of that budget. Period. The chunk of the budget that is KU's for basketball and the, and the what it does to power their athletic department that would be huge. Not going to happen. That's the problem with this. It, it's weak, and the only. Penalties that have been imposed in this entire thing have been against the the smallest of the actors in this, in terms of coaching. Oklahoma State. The biggest of the actors have not had Jack Squat done to them. Arizona and Sean Miller. Nothing. Will Wade at LSU. Nothing. Bill Self at Kansas. Zippo. Well, and... There is
1: no shame here for them, and Curtis Townsend, for some reason, still has a job. I, I think that's yeah, where that, I, I'm that, just
0: more baffled that he still has a job. That's problematic. Sean Miller... At Kansas. Uh, I'm disgusted by Sean Miller getting back in the game at Xavier. He should have been out of the game, period, for what he was doing. I, I'm... I'm more yeah, this in, fires me up.
2: I'm more impressed, to be honest with you. Listen. I I'm, I'm more impressed. I
1: well here's the deal. The way I I kind of agree with you. Don't hate the player, hate the game. For sure.
0: Oh, absolutely. But and also hate. The, I, I he, think you
1: you yeah. should hate more. You should hate the NCAA
0: and this whatever that. I, I, oh, I, oh, and that's where my complaint you know. is. That's yeah. where my complaint yeah. is. Yeah, I, is I, is that gone. the NCAA hasn't done a damn thing yeah, about this? They're letting
1: yeah. KU get away with it. They're letting much.
0: KU get away with it. They yeah. let LSU get away with it. They're, they let Arizona get away with it. It's disgusting. We
2: got like. We'll wait on the phone. Yes. What do we got to get to get
0: this guy? Yes. What do we got to pay Curtis, oh, oh, well, to get this guy over here? You have Curtis Townsend in texts.
1: He <laughs> no, was wire, He got caught on a wiretap, entertaining discussions about
2: a way to cheat so they could get Zion Williamson. The bag. What do we got to get? What, what kind of bags he looking for? And you think about it, it's like we can go even further back. You think about like NC double or uh, UNC North Carolina, the creating oh. classes. For people to know, show, to, I mean, it is impressive. At, at some point, I have to stop being angry about it and go, great job, guys. How'd you do it? Let us know. How'd you do it, man? Come, let's get in on it. it this is Have insane. gone
0: completely from the days of Walter Byers when it was a strict oversight, like it or not, a strict oversight, to the days of Mark Emmert where he's just sitting back hands off going, I see nothing, do nothing. The yeah, Kansas City oh, Jayhawks.
2: Wait, wait. Yeah. Oklahoma th- that guy got 300 bucks? Death penalty light for them. Uh, I mean, it, it, give me a break, it, man.
0: It's, 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 it Ugh. just frustrates the hell out of me that it's this way. And, and let's be perfectly honest. Someone's going to say, oh, well, Will Wade got fired. Yeah. Okay. You know why, don't you? His team sucked. (laughs) Sean Miller got fired, right? You know why, don't you? His team sucked. It didn't have anything to do with the penalties. Sean Miller coached for two more freaking seasons after this all went down.
2: Yeah. Will Wade will be back. You know,
0: he'll be back. Oh, absolutely.
1: All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, number one song of the day next. This one dedicated to the tunnel dance at Bill, at Much Coliseum for the men's basketball team from 1976. Boogie Fever by the Silvers. One week at number one.
2: Fever. Got to boogie down. Boogie
1: Fever. Yeah. I Get around, baby. Going around, baby. Well, the silvers, did you know they're basically? well, I mean, not just basically, they are ten siblings. Good God. They're from Los Angeles, California. Well, ten siblings, but nine were in the group. <laughs> nine were in the group. They're one, the youngest oh. never actually was with them. but And they weren't all in it together at the same time, but they all were at some
0: point involved. That, that's a LaToya treatment right yeah,
2: there. Yeah, one of them. They're like, you know what? We really need someone to do paperwork for us because of all the <laughs> money we're about to make. <laughs> Your voice stinks. So you had Olympia.
1: Uh-huh. on vocals, sure. Leon on bass and vocals, Charmaine on vocals, James on vocals and keyboards, Edmund in vocals and percussion, Joseph, he went by Ricky, guitar and vocals, Angela Marie vocals, Patricia Lynn, uh, additional keyboards and vocals, and then Foster, additional bass and vocals.
2: You couldn't have hid one crappy voice in the middle of all that. I mean, everybody's singing on that one. No, quite, quite literally. They're all. <laughs> Everybody. They have
1: nine lead singers. Good God. It's like a
2: choir. Uh,
1: so, they had some disappointing sales in the mid 80s. Their tune just kind of, uh, you know, it faded out, like disco, of course. And um, so they officially decided to disband in 85. They have not been back together since. But 10 studio albums, three top 40 hits. This is their only number one, and it's from their fourth album, Showcase. I'm sure Travion has it on vinyl or CD. Um, So, boys and girls, there's only one cure to Boogie Fever, a transfusion of disco music. In this song, this singer's girl is afflicted. So everywhere they go, that funky disco sound has to play, even at the drive-in. They can't listen to the movie. Which, kind of trippy because, they you know, watching King Kong and you're not listening to the movie. You just have disco music playing
0: while you're watching King Kong. That'd be a little bit weird, would it not? Yes. Ooh, Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz vibes. Put them together. now we get something to work <laughs> disco-wise. Shout out to Boomtown. <laughs> uh, they go
1: to a pizza parlor. She boogies to the disco beat while eating her meal. And then she concludes at the, at, the, at the end of the song that she has caught that boogie fever, which choke. seems to be going around.
2: You need to watch out moving around like that while you're eating. You can exactly. choke. Like, it's a choking hazard.
1: So the line of this song is by Motown bassist and legend James Jamerson, mm-hmm. uh, who has the opening guitar riff. And also it's based on the song Day Tripper by The Beatles. Whoa. Uh, the song, okay, so uh, DG, you bring it up all the time when you hear certain songs. You're like, do you remember it from this commercial or
2: that commercial? Yeah.
1: Do you re- remember this from a certain commercial? That one,
2: they've sold that one a, a hundred times. But I don't remember a specific commercial that they had. Uh, so
1: the big three were the Intel Premium 2 TVs, uh, whatever, Old Navy, uh huh, mm-hmm. and going back to the pizza joint, Little Caesar's Pizza.
2: Wow. Little C's.
1: but when it comes to 1970, I mean for sure it's not on the top 500 greatest songs of all time. But Billboard even ranked it number 20 of the best songs of 1976. Wow, you know it's
2: these songs. There's certain people that are always like, I like feel good music all the time, and I like. I mean, I can get down. It's it's hard not to kind of boogie to this. But every every day, 24 hours. I, I can't do it I think you're a psychopath If you can do one or the other All the time Like I can't always listen to sad stuff But sometimes I, I like a little sad I can't listen to happy stuff All the time like this But every once in a while You throw it in You go Oh hell yeah What about you Are you like a-
1: My 5th grade teacher Reminded me of this story My 5th grade teacher Would play us music sometimes uh-huh. But she like Literally owned one CD And uh-huh. it was
2: in ya Oh my god Yeah Exactly Oh, pushing an agenda there, you know what I'm Can saying? <laughs> Indoctrination that's
1: the- <laughs> Alright, Tramian gave me the stop sign for at fifty six. Actually what? we have to take this last break and then we'll get to ask us anything because I gotta bounce just a few minutes early. The boys oh. have the rest of the show next. Go cats.
2: 1350, that's KMAN. That's our AM station. We call it our grandpa station. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry. Hey, uh, what uh first of all, there was news today. Vince Vaughn has a really good idea for a dodgeball sequel, but Ben Stiller is not sold on it. He's got too much Zoolander 2 uh flashbacks oh, coming out. Right. Him. Yeah, makes what, sense. What sequel do you think should never have been released?
0: And I know that people are going to trash me for this if they read too much into it. The female version of Ghostbusters.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, just, just overall, not that funny. No, <laughs> yeah, no. It, really it, not it, funny. It,
0: it wasn't. It didn't fit, the, fit the, trend, the, the string of the movie.
2: Right. And I am a huge Melissa McCarthy fan. Yeah. I think she's so funny. The problem is, is
0: Turk got turned political if you didn't like the movie.
2: Right, right, right.
0: Trey Vion. Caddyshack 2. Ooh. Meatballs 2. God. And another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my both, both God. Both unnecessary.
2: Horrible. Uh Vion, how many times do you want to wrestle uh, Big Steve when he tries to come in and tell you what to do? Wrestle Big Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say zero. Let's 0 i do not want to touch anybody. Really? No. Is there anything that you waste your money on, you think? CDs. CDs? Concert oh. tickets. Oh, yeah. Big time. Do you, uh, anything that you, well, I think we've asked this question before. Things that I waste my money on? Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, there are plenty of them.
2: Yeah, I. Right. For Gross. me, that's like, what do I want to admit on the air? I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right. I have a tough enough time admitting to my wife. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't want her to know.
0: <laughs> Draft Kings. Oh God. Uh, hey, listen. As long as I'm winning there, I'm I'm good. So right. That's not a problem.
2: What's something if uh, uh, people envy you for? I I know exactly for Troy. Your voice. Dude. Oh God. Your voice is amazing. I get really jealous. I get so jealous. Because you're like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, god dang it. <laughs> Trey, hair. Yeah. People love your hair. Yeah. I, I was
0: going to say, it's definitely not my hairline. <laughs>
2: People are like, that is easy. Yeah. <laughs> In the morning, yeah. you pop up and you're ready to go. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's uh, my butt. Hey, man, coming up tonight, we got what going on after K-State the- Volleyball. On the way, the Cats and
0: Jayhawks tonight from Lawrence. Ooh. Rob Velker's got the call coming up for you starting at 6.15. Go Cats!